1: It's clear to you that de-icing the wings will not be done in a jiffy. You look for phone outlets but see none, only photos of phone outlets. A voice announces your gate is now 39C-12B-9A. It's like musical chairs if musical chairs made you sob in the pet relief area. A child picking his nose stares. His parents have abandoned him. The airport will raise him now.
2: Don't let flight delays ruin your vacation. Go on a real vacation. GoRVing.com. ¿Quieres saber un secreto? Ahorrar para el futuro no es tan difícil. Travis Credit Union lo hace más fácil. Abre una cuenta del mercado monetario Jumpstart para ganar la tasa más alta con el saldo más bajo. Es una manera rápida de ahorrar y un camino seguro hacia tu propio futuro. ¿No es inteligente? Más información en traviscu.org Jumpstart. Pueden aplicar calificaciones de membresía y otros requisitos, asegurado a nivel federal por NCUA.
3: Me and A.U. Episode 2. Werewolf Hypothesis. It doesn't take that much to
4: make a fandom friend. In real life, most of the people you meet, who even knows what they're really like? The person you just passed on the street, who's riding the bus next to you, who makes your lunch, could be every bit as into bread baking or dancing or YouTube celebrities as you are. But how do you ever find out? Online, in fandom, you already know you all want to be there. It takes some of the pressure off. Like, take Ray Gambit, or, uh, I think she goes by Jennifer in real life? She mostly posts stuff about obscure superheroes. We're talking about the guys who maybe show up for one episode in kids' animated shows, And the whole joke is, can you believe this was a real character in 1958 or whatever? In any universe where Selkirk didn't exist, we'd never get to know each other. I live in British Columbia, and I'm pretty sure she's in New Brunswick, which is basically on the other side of the country. Plus, some of the stuff she posts makes me think she might have a kid. But back when the show's first episode dropped, she was the only person who seemed to be able to find promo shots for the rest of the season, and after I started following her, it turned out she knows, like, a crazy amount of stuff about fairy lore? And when the stupid coffee shop you work at earworms you by playing the same sad-dude folk singer all day for weeks, her music recommendations are pretty great. So these days, if I see something online about some supervillain from the 70s with a teapot for a head... I send it her way. It's little stuff, but it's cool stuff, you know? The people you'd never meet, never connect with without.
1: New text post on Wednesday, May 27th by user Hella Enchanted.
3: So, Selkirk fandom, if you're out there, who wants to read my 5,000 word essay, Garrett Last Name Secret Werewolf?
4: Uh, yes, please. Tell me all your theories immediately. Also, hi. Yes, the fandom does exist. There are at least six of us, and we don't bite. I promise. We mostly tag posts with Selkirk or Selkirk TV or, uh, if you're me, who cursed Tony Vincetti in all caps? Also, uh, I just did that one time, but the question stands. Can't wait to read your essay.
3: since exactly one person asked for it, secret werewolf theory. An argument in three points. Point one, the moon. We've had at least one clear shot of the moon in every episode to date, from a full moon in the pilot to the waxing moon we saw over the credits last night. The show is telling us this is important information. Now, think about the first time we meet Garrett. When Jody calls him for backup, we hear a cell phone ring over a shot of that big yellow full moon before the camera pans down to our first look at the man himself. In the bushes, covered in grime and smoking a joint. We learn a lot about Garrett's character in that moment, and I think the link between him and the moon is just as important a piece of information. Point two, scent. It may not take werewolf senses to sniff out a kilo of fairy-enhanced marijuana stuffed in someone's backpack, but I think the writers were highlighting Garrett's enhanced sense of smell before the latest episode. If you watch the pilot, it seems like he can smell the curse on Tony while he's still covered in blood, which we are told drowned out the smell for Jody, who's trained to perceive things beyond the mundane but hasn't shown any signs of being supernatural. Feel free to argue about this with me. But the face Garrett makes when he first meets Tony is the face my mom used to make when our dog would vomit on her bed. Point three, the jawline. Garrett goes from mountain man to clean shaven between episodes one and two, and is getting hairier every week as we get closer to, you guessed it, another full moon. Admittedly, this one could be because the pilot was filmed well before the rest of the series, but I'm staying suspicious.
4: Your bio was short. Ella, 22, she, her. I shan't marry the prince, in quotation marks, like it was from something. That was it. Yeah, of course I looked you up the second you made those first posts. When your entire fandom could fit in a mid-sized car, you go heavy on recruitment. Other than the Selkirk stuff, there were a lot of posts about fantasy novels that I kind of remembered from high school. And a bunch of pictures of manatees, all tagged swim cows. I figured the two probably weren't related. Okay, I love all of this, but two questions. One, since we saw Garrett in human form during the full moon, doesn't that immediately disprove your theory? Two, are you going to write fan fiction of this, or do I have to? coffee half-sweet for Phoebe? Phoebe? Hey, great. Enjoy your drink. No, you have a good day. You're in a really good mood. Thanks for making that sound super weird. Dude, I was here when that guy yelled at you about caramel sauce for a straight minute. Yeah. And when Matt made you clean up that entire tray of mochas, someone knocked on the floor. They didn't get whipped cream on the ceiling this time. I think that's something to celebrate. Who are you and what did you do with Kate Cunningham? Ha ha. So, does that mean this is a good time to ask you for a favor? Dude, you have your phone out here? You know Matt freaks out. Shh, when... shh, shit, shit Uh, cover for me for a sec? Can I trade you my Saturday shift? Wow, Stuart. Mercenary. I'll take any other shift of yours you want. Uh, next next Tuesday. Closing. I've got a TV show I want to watch. You still watch live TV? It's good for their ratings! Are we good? I'll say you had to get more decaf beans out by five
3: minutes. To answer your questions in order, a cunning plan? One, I know there's no official confirmation on how werewolves work in Selkirk yet, but I'm assuming they can change forms at will until proven otherwise. Two, give me another week to finish a chapter. But in the meantime... Garrett could feel his skin start to ripple as the bones underneath shifted, lengthening his face into a long canine muzzle. The physical shift always reminded him of cracking his knuckles, down to the soft pop of air released from the joints. Not so unpleasant. The extra hair coming in was worse. New fur itched like hell his front paws hit the dirt with two gentle thumps as gravity re-centered itself for four legs, and the color washed out of the world as a new wave of scents rushed in. The musky smell of the beast was still there, under layers of campfire smoke and squirrel, and the bright, sour smell of fear sweat coming off a man who had backed away into a nearby tree. Garrett? Tony's voice was high and strained. Another dose of fear wafted off of him, lighting up in Garrett's brain like heat off an infrared map.
1: Uh, Surprise?
3: Tony's knees went out from under him.
1: Don't freak out.
3: Garrett tried instead, as though either of them were capable of rewinding time to make that happen. From somewhere that was still too close for comfort another roar went up echoing across the valley and a new scent pressed up through the mist of fear blood freshly spilled
1: (sighs) Uh, maybe just stay here he took
3: off running tony didn't follow
4: Hey, Kate, you coming? One second.
1: Post liked by user. A cunning plan.
0: Me and A.U. is a Procyon podcast network production. You can find transcripts for every episode of the show, as well as information about our other podcasts at procyonpodcasts.com. A big thank you to everyone who has said something nice or shouted out the podcast over the past two weeks. Seeing your reactions so far has been really, really great, and that word of mouth does make a huge difference to a new podcast like this one. So, if you also know somebody who could use a break from writing essay-length metas about werewolves, send them our way. Also, holy smokes, a huge thank you to Sapphire Young, Karen Z-H, and my fiance Alana McFall, who's... Pledge notification interrupted my first try to record this for becoming our first patrons. I wasn't actually going to mention the Patreon page on the show for another couple of weeks, so good work on the internet sleuthing all. Also, Karen made some extremely cute fan art for episode one, which we've shared on our social medias, and you owe it to yourselves to check that out. Again, thank you so much. This episode was written and produced by Andrea Clausen, with sound design by Aaron Bauman. Our theme song is by Samantha Jean Rivers. Logo by Alex Soon.
3: The voice of Kate is Philomena. The voice of Ella is Elisa Park. The voice of Stuart is Huck Malamud.
1: The voice of Tony is Ben Moody. The voice of Garrett is
3: Sam B. Wynn.
0: Find us on Twitter and Tumblr at meandaupod. We'll see you in two weeks.
2: ¿Quieres saber un secreto? Ahorrar para el futuro no es tan difícil. Travis Credit Union lo hace más fácil. Abre una cuenta del mercado monetario Jumpstart para ganar la tasa más alta con el saldo más bajo. Es una manera rápida de ahorrar y un camino seguro hacia tu propio futuro. ¿No es inteligente? Más información en traviscu.org-jumpstart. Pueden aplicar calificaciones de membresía y otros requisitos. Asegurado a nivel federal por NCUA. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.
1: I'm Jonathan Pezza, the creator of the Curious Matter Anthology. And I'm betting you've probably never heard anything like our show.
4: Scratch another one. How many are still on our six? You want me to stop shooting and count? I'm out.
3: Reload.
1: We adapt stories from authors like Philip K. Dick, Andre Norton, and Robert Block into binaural audio movies that transport you to new worlds. Hey, get them out of here! That's it. You're
2: banned for life. What's with you, Braxians? Please, seriously.
1: I told you downtown was a bad idea. In our brand new season, we explore farther into the what-ifs.
3: You think, in these instances, that somehow simply by believing things are different, they changed. Doubt. I don't follow.
1: I doubt something, and um, they don't change, per se. They cease to ever have been we delve deeper into the realms of horror and science fiction. Nerves of steel, boys. James, sir. Please. There is no need for
3: this. I do not believe that whatever that is can understand
1: you. Robert, I know you are in there somewhere. If you are, we are...
3: (coughs) Better do the barrier!
1: It's gonna hold me! Damn. Beast, just get to my knife. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's new. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. So sit back, grab your popcorn, and listen to the Curious Matter Anthology today.